Hello boys and girls, Adam Shalafu here, and tonight we had a very strange occurrence early in the episode. We actually had our Zoom entered by some sort of internet pirate. Maybe it was a small child, maybe it was some sort of video, we don't know. But it was kind of funny, so we decided to keep it in. But to avoid any major confusion, this is your explanation. Without further ado, here is a very strange beginning to this episode of Hoops Thomas Podcast, featuring myself and special guest and friend of the program, Grant Harajan. You, you call us unappealing to the eye, and all you people who criticize the Sonic games for having bad gameplay, oh, oh, and also annoying characters and too childish what and it's for furries well guess what i have to say to that you all are breaking bricks and i don't care what you guys have to say about me make fun of me all you want you can't shoot me down with your arrows of lies you can't shoot me down with your arrows of life. That's that's the quintessential. I am sick of oh. this garbage. Wow. How can you guys Very hate on cool. Sonic when your little freak person shooters are no better? I mean, seriously, freak Sonic, cause Call of Duty, is Halo, insane. Bioshock. Oh, oh, and just names of others. Batman, Arkham Asylum, freaking Wow. Well, Sonic haters. Welcome, welcome to the I know it's hard to accept that Sonic's- We have no idea who that was. It's very strange. Uh, I'm Adam Shalafu. That's what a start. That was a startling start to the episode. I have no idea. I might edit that out. I might keep it in. I don't know. Uh, that was a lot. How, that's, a, okay? that's a coach's decision right there. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be a healthy scratch. So here's what happened, folks. We started, I, I tweeted at Grant. I tweeted the episode link, which I thought was all fun and games. He clicks <laughs> it and that's up for a good 48 seconds. And then uh, I think that young gentleman, or maybe it was a video Someone hopped in and gave us a very intense lecture on Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, I, I at that point, when you see a mystery box come up, I mean, you don't know what it's going to be. And <laughs> crazed Sonic kid was was what we landed on. What's behind door number one? It could have been a penis. I don't know. It, yeah, honestly, that's... Uh... That's something <laughs> we we dodged. We dodged it. We dodged a big bullet there. We dodged a penis-shaped uh, bullet. Yes, probably dodged a, a penis bullet. Yes. Anyway, let's provide a little bit of context. I'm Adam Shalafu. I'm the host of this program. Uh, that's Grant Harrison. Grant Harrison, uh, a legend in his own right, uh, multiple-time champion, actually. Correct? Dodgeball. Uh, um. Um, well, yes, I do play competitive dodgeball. That is a real thing. The default question immediately after I hear that is, or after I say that is, is it like the movie? <laughs> this happens all the time. No, not particularly. 
Uh, we've made it pretty far. Windy City Corruption, our team. So we have we have been to the finals. We have been Final Four, but it's very difficult to win this league. USA Dodgeball, there's a website. Uh, so you can check that out, learn more about it. Because the teams on the West Coast are crazy. I mean, they practice like all the time. And it's one of the problems with dodgeball. It's hard to practice. It's hard to get people together. I mean, half of our team lives in Michigan, so we can't practice with them. So there's that. How'd you but, get hooked yeah, up with awesome. these people in Michigan? Through dodgeball, literally through dodgeball. Played against them, and then a couple of them, their teams dissipated, and we picked them up because they're great players, but they live far away. So we literally cannot practice as a team. Interesting. Yeah, it's wild stuff. Well, let me let me throw you a curveball here. If you had to put a team how many players play on a dodgeball team? Well, there's six on the court at any given time. Okay. You can have a maximum of eight, I believe. We usually bring seven. Um, but that's another thing with dodgeball. Some people can't make the tournaments and we only have like four big tournaments because there's three rounds there's different regions north south east west there's three rounds that you play we're in the north so we'll play the north region three times and the fourth round is nationals and that's where you play all of the regions come together and you play okay um, so there's different challenges like some people straight up can't make it we had a few people miss because they had like weddings or work and so they'll miss a tournament, and that's literally 25% of the season. So okay. well, if someone misses because they had to work an event or something at work, they've just missed 25% of the season, <laughs> and then you pick up someone else. That's like having Kyrie Irving on your team. But yes, it's <laughs> it's a very good comparison. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so here's here's let me throw you a curveball. Let's draft a team of dodgeball players from the modern NBA. And then we will uh, we'll take turns picking a player. We'll pick six players, and then we will agree on the seventh guy who is your replacement for when someone Kyrie Irving's you. Oh, my so gosh. You're you the know, guest on the show. This is funny because I actually uh, met up at Oz Park where we used to play wiffle ball. Yeah, with we did. A friend of mine. I hadn't seen him in a while, uh, obviously due to COVID, the pandemic, and all that. And we were talking about it. We were talking about a, a big part of dodgeball is honesty. Um, I'm glad it's a part of the game because it does run on the honest system. And if you get hit anywhere, even graze on the finger, you are out. You got hit. And when you play at this level, you can tell when you hit somebody. And if someone's cheating, that's bad on the reputation. That's bad for the sport. And we were talking about it and we were uh, discussing who would cheat the most in the NBA. Hmm. Without question, easily, I said Chris Paul because uh. – like he's an ass i mean this is pretty well known he's even got a like a big ass league. too it's a good one he's i mean he's very he's a very talented player he'd probably be a talented dodgeball player but he he would be dishonest one billion percent because he sucks chris paul sucks if you like chris paul it's like what why oh he's i love a, chris paul he's awesome I can't, he sucks why i, 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 I think he's, he definitely doesn't suck he definitely doesn't suck I mean, he's very good at basketball, he, but like he annoys you. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. What the yeah. fuck was wrong with him? Like yeah, he's yeah. always. No, I, could, I can see that. He's, he's a very so annoying toxic. player. He's I don't so think, bad. I don't think he definitely doesn't suck. I think, but yeah, he's very good at working the system. I can't even give you that. I've seen too many examples of Chris Paul just being such a. 
infuriating and so many levels just the the toxic talk and this the oh, i can't what what, what what toxic toxic talk there's there's got to be pl- i mean there's plenty of examples there's stuff even like oh god the, the the play that stands out to me is that the the boogie play where a ball is like rebounder or something, and then they pass it out, and they're running, and Chris Paul's standing next to Boogie Cousins, and he just flails on his arms out for no reason. Boogie does not touch him at all. And Boogie's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, this is so embarrassing. Okay, Ugh. so so on the grounds the interactions of... interactions he has. The, the, some of the flopping. Yeah, okay. Punching guys in the dick. It's just like, dude, this is so unnecessary. What's wrong with you? I can't stand him. He's so dishonest. No. So Chris Paul does not make your dodgeball team, or he does? Absolutely not. Okay. He would be incredibly so dishonest. first pick, who does make it? Who's who's your mm. first pick? My God, you know it's actually kind of silly because Billy Garrett Jr. When he was at DePaul, he came to one of our practices one time and he had a gun. So I'm thinking like someone tall and lanky that always that always seems to help. You know, we do a lot of drafts on this episode, on this show, but we've never drafted Billy Garrett Jr. and we never <laughs> have. So, if you want, we could just take him first overall. No, He's oh no. Guy. I mean, he threw hard, but going back to like what we discussed with like a dog, I feel like someone who's like a dog would be pretty good. They'd all probably be pretty dishonest. You know who I think would be great would be Trey Young. Trey Young, maybe. He's super yeah. hard to hit. He has great vision, very good passer. I could see that. Yeah, I mean, he does a lot of uh, annoying little flop things too, so he would be dishonest as well. <laughs> but it helps, you know what? It helps to be small. One of the best dodgeball teams, and this is a league that's not totally related to USA Dodgeball, though USA Dodge- Dodgeball does make a team for it. It's Worlds, World Dodgeball Federation. Um. And that's where you compete against different countries. So Canada, Malaysia has the best team or like one easily one of the best teams. And one of the reasons is because they're all great size for dodgeball. They're all small, very mm. invasive. Okay. So that's the I kind of player like we're looking guards. for. I feel like, I feel like somebody like TJ McConnell would be Ooh. really good. Okay. Let's go TJ McConnell. There's, there's like one. That. Yeah. And we got Trey Young too. So we got, we need four more mm. uh, small Invasive. Hmm. I feel like Matisse would be pretty good. He's got like a, a kind of a big a target, knack. right? I mean, he'd be he'd be a he's kind of large, but he's just such a strong defensive presence that I feel like his anticipation skills would help a lot with catching. Yeah, that's a really good, really good point. He's got plus good he's hands. Matisse, and he's just such a wonderful dude. If you've seen those bubble videos. Okay, Matisse. So Matisse we got Tyball. Yeah, he makes the the Hoopstradamus dodgeball team. Uh, Nate Robinson technically retired, but he's a small target. Nate would be really good. That's Super a good call. Gritty. Yeah, he can jump out of the building. Yeah, yeah. he'd be hard call. to hit. Okay, so we got Nate Robinson. Oh, is it like all time? Are we talking all time? I think Nate could still play. People are oh, just yeah. afraid of him. I thought it was like current there. players. I mean, I'd still take. Yeah, I did. I did say current, but like, if if someone offered Nate a contract, he would be there in five minutes flat. Yes. Yeah. It's it's a shame that he didn't. 
uh, get to stay in the league because people are just afraid of him because he's short. Yeah. He's electric, a, though. Oh, my God. So I mean, good. Unbelievable good. scorer. We <laughs> have such fond memories of him. I would, I would rock a Nate Robinson black pinstripe jersey in a heartbeat. Yes. If there's one of those out there. Please uh-huh. mail it to Hoopstradamus uh, at Hoopstradamus Drive. That's 123 Hoopstradamus Drive. Uh, attention, Adam Shalafu. You spell that Adam, last name Shalafu. Good luck. Anyway, we got two, <laughs> we got two more players. Uh, you know who would be great? Luka Doncic. Yeah, maybe. I feel like he um, would catch everything. He's super feisty, and he'd uh, he's got a cannon. He's so strong. You think he'd be able to throw hard? Now I'm trying to think of players that Jokic like would be great to throw hard, but he'd, he'd get hit. But he's got great hands. But yeah, LeBron. But these are huge people. I mean, LeBron is just smaller guy. He's otherworldly. Ooh, what about Lamelo? Maybe. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. He's kind of got that breed of unorthodox where he would hit his spots where you wouldn't anticipate him. Hmm. Hmm. Those people that can throw those bullet passes. I'm trying to think like smaller guys, like pretty much, you know, point guards, really good passers, super agile. It's got to be Gennaro Pargo. Oh wow! That's a name for you? <laughs> yeah, jeez, Gennaro Pardo. When's the last time he even played? I don't even know. That's, for... If someone says Gennaro Pargo, it's like okay, you definitely watch basketball because someone who does not watch basketball would have no idea who that is. I bet I'm going to take a guess. The last so he's 41. Uh, last time he played basketball. Uh, I'm going to guess was 2012. What's your guess? Wow. Um, that's a very good guess. I'll go a year after just because 2013. Wow. He played until 2015. Gennaro Pargo had a really long career. On the thun- Was he on like the Thunder? That sounds right. He was on uh, the Charlotte Hornets. Oh, okay. Most yeah. recently, 2015. Jeez, that guy really stuck around a long time. It's impressive. I give him props. I wonder if he would uh, want to come on the show. He's from Chicago. Why not? Yeah, we'll give it a shot. We'll give it a shot. Uh, Gennaro, I don't think we can have him making the team. No. Drew Holiday, honestly, would would possibly be a good one. I don't know if you ended up checking that video out that I sent you of his defensive awareness. Oh, I forgot about that. I'm going to have to check that out. His awareness is sensational. No, it's fine. Totally fine. Well, when when people send it to me, send things to me, I my, immediately I'm like, well, I I better forget this ever. It's happened. fine, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not upset at all. I'm not hurt at all. Well, out of spite, I just I didn't was like, expect you to watch it and talk about it. It's totally fine. Oh, now now I feel bad. Now I feel bad. Why? I said it was fine. Oh my god, <laughs> I feel like you're my angry wife right now. <laughs> Uh, what about Ryan Archie Diacono? He had a bunch. Yeah, of see, yesterday. that's a good call. Yeah, hustle plays. Yeah, super feisty. In high IQ. High IQ. Yeah, we had a guy that we picked up. He's one of the guys that lives in Michigan. His name is Noah, and he just has this 
I don't know, man. He's he's got these crafty plays. He's got a great pump fake. For whatever reason, he just seems to have phenomenal hand strength. And so his little crafty pump fakes, he's really good at. And what, when you pump fake, does someone just like dodge and then you pelt them? Yes. Yeah. Pump fakes are actually really important. They're, they are a very good offensive tool. Usually teams will all move to the line and like four players will have a ball and all of them will pump fake. So all of them will act like they're throwing and then one of them will throw so that that way the opposing team has no idea who's throwing. I just thought of a no brainer, like should have been our first draft pick. Rondo Rondo. Yes. Great call. Like huge hands, super long arms, Huge hands is a big one. Yeah. Yeah. And a guy who just wins. Communication, too, is very important. So that would be a big – he would communicate. Do we need one more guy here then? Who do we got so far? We got Trey Young, Nate Robinson, Archie Diacono, Rondo. TJ McConnell. I said TJ McConnell. TJ McConnell, Matisse Thibel. Matisse. And so we That's need one six. more guy. We, we need have a, a reserve. Yeah. Yeah. We need a reserve. Guy. Okay. Hmm. We're off. We got a hell of a team. I still think Drew would be, it would be a good one. I do love Drew. He's a great locker room presence as well. Ricky Rubio could be good. Uh, John Wall yeah. might be a really good one. Oh, I love John Wall. Oh, he's, that's like opposite Chris Paul for me. I'm a he's big John Wall guy. so, uh, his body controls otherworldly. He's, He's extremely so fast. Quick. Such a big point guard, too. Six four, just a brute coming down the lane. Yeah. Other other uh, guys on my short list right now, uh, Russell Westbrook for obvious reasons. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I kind of want to go Westbrook. I don't mind. I don't mind Russ. Would he get along with <laughs> Rondo? They're well, gonna have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Steph Curry would be really good too. He'd be hard to hit. Yeah. Hmm. But I, th- I feel like Russell Westbrook. Yeah, Russ for that unlimited. Dodgeball's tiring. He's got that unlimited motor. When you're yeah. out there, I don't know if it's just me and I'm just out of shape, which is 1,000% true. But <laughs> when you're out there, having additional stamina definitely helps. Well, there we have it. The Hoopstradamus dodgeball team. Uh, anyway, Back to what a what a wild start to this episode, huh? Yes, first with the Sonic Kid. Yeah, we got the Sonic Kid going absolutely crazy. Uh, I think I will keep that in there. Um, I don't know if I have to give some sort of disclaimer, but that's that's uh, maybe because of the volume. He screams at one point. God yeah, knows what he was saying. He was pretty uh, passionate, um, but we did want to talk about some of the hall of famers, one of them in particular, you now you just came across a case or do you actually think he might have a case for the goat in, in Tim Duncan? Everyone thought I was going to say Kobe Bryant. No, not Kobe, Tim. Yeah. Tim, I'll classes him uh, just, just a bit. Um, well, there's, there's this guy that makes videos on YouTube. They're actually, they're very informative. Um, they're kind of long. They're like 20 minutes long, but I got on like a streak of watching them on my lunch breaks here. It's called making the case. This series that he makes, uh, the, the creator of the channel is Clayton Crowley, C L A 
Y-T-O-N Crowley, C-R-O-W-L-E-Y. Really interesting stuff. Um, he does several players. Um, the obvious ones, uh, Jordan and LeBron, Larry Bird, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, Magic, and Tim Duncan. And that's all that he does for making the case for them. He creates like little arguments against them and, of course, plenty of arguments for them. Uh, I don't particularly think Tim Duncan has a strong case over players like LeBron and Michael. Um, Michael and LeBron, I should say. <laughs> um, or Wilt or Kareem. Kareem's is very strong, too. But he brings up a lot of very interesting points. Tim Duncan has the highest win percentage of any basketball player. Ever. Which is insane in the NBA. Yeah. Um, and he talks about how Tim Duncan, he lists his sources, too. He brought up a, an article. God, he was just bringing this up. I forget where this article was from. Oh, it's from Nate Silver's 538, which is great, a great statistical great site, site yeah. Yeah. Uh, that talks about how well Duncan defended the perimeter and could close back in and defend the inside. So, like, the intangibles are very, very strong in Duncan's case, hmm. stuff that doesn't necessarily show up on the stat sheet. And back to defense where the stuff that does show up on the stat sheet, and these are things that make him, I guess – quote unquote better than Kobe who was a great defensive player but it's, it's things like this where it's like man these stats are kind of insane for Tim Duncan you don't even realize it defensive rating 95.6 third highest 95.6 all, all times yes that's insane on his career yeah that's otherworldly it that's is absolutely ridiculous on yeah. his career yeah third Who's highest ahead of him? all time I don't know. I did not check. I probably should have. Wow. I'm, I'm going to check on stat. I would that guess is the most if I had insane... to guess, I would say Scotty Pippen, maybe. Wow. Um, I wonder who's the best uh, this year for context. I'm going to look that up. Uh, surprisingly high this year was Julius Randle. Which is oh, pretty, yeah. Considering all of the minutes he played, A, and B, how much he was relied upon in scoring. Jeez, NC, yeah, the best defensive rating him. is uh, Rudy Gobert by... Yeah, that makes sense. By five and a half. Yeah, Rudy had an, an insane year defensively. But he's 100.5. Yeah, Rudy was, was wild this year. I mean, so you're telling his 95 what? 95.6, third highest all time. Tim Duncan. And that's I've, defending both the perimeter and the inside because he defended the pick and roll better than possibly any player ever. <laughs> well, if you can name this member of the Buffalo Braves who uh, has the best of all time at 93.8, I'll, I'll give you my left leg. Buffalo Braves. Yeah. Did a, I've only heard of this guy once. Somewhat like, popular-ish I, player. I absolutely not. Fat lever. <laughs> I don't even no. know if he's like, Elmore Smith. Yeah, no. In uh, the n- number two is a guy who played for also Buffalo Braves. How about that? What are the odds? The two highest rated uh, career <laughs> defensive rating guys are uh, listed as Buffalo Braves players. Uh, Gar Hurd. So you're right. Next is Tim Duncan, followed by David Robinson. 
Oh my I'm god. I'm sorry, Tim Duncan, <laughs> then David Cowens, then David Robinson. Spurs. Then another guy who uh, will be in next year. So huge for the program. Guy who should have been in for a long time. I always said he was uh, the Jethro Tull of uh basketball in that he is not in the Hall of Fame but should be uh Jethro Tull, of course, the awesome rock band who uh, brings the flute in on a park bench. Uh, absolutely. Uh Golly, you can't. There's they have so many good ones. Skating away is another good one. Yeah. Uh, Minstrel in the gallery. I mean, Bungle in the jungle. Welcome to Jethro Tull Hour. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it follows it, immediately Sonic <laughs> Kid. <laughs> but now it's Jethro Tull Hour. Yes. Uh, but yeah, ninety-five point five defensive rating for Tim Duncan, Dave Cowens, David Robinson, Ben Wallace, all up there. Anyway, sorry to. Go crazy no on your worries. stat there. But well, go we ahead. also got defensive win shares. I actually just saw this in the video. 106.3, second highest all time. So Tim Duncan's defensive impact. The things you can't sum up numbers-wise is insane, his intangibles. I mean, we've all seen that gif of when he's talking on the bench. And everyone drops what they're doing and leans in to hear to him or to listen to him. I mean, you know his communication was out of control. But the numbers can back that up, too. Defensive win share is 106.3, second highest all time. Defensive plus minus is 4.0. 4.0. Fifth highest all time. Timmy D was something else, man. The beginning of his career, he had at least two blocks from the, his rookie season when he had 2.5. His rookie season came in 21 points, two and a half blocks, and 12 rebounds, 11.9, if we're really getting scientific here. <laughs> uh, we're getting scientific. In, insane. And he shot 54.9% from the field. And p- played 39 minutes. Can you imagine if a rookie came in right now? A rookie came in and gave you 21 and 12, two and a half blocks, and played 39 minutes a game? It's I don't insanity. think people will ever understand how, I mean, I'm saying this almost as if I played in the NBA, how tiring that is. Yeah. Especially considering like what I talked about, I mean, he's everywhere on defense. I mean, if he has to step up to guard the perimeter, he does so. He, you know, little things yeah. like that he recognizes. Got at least two blocks for, from 1998, or I'm sorry, 97, 98 to 2006, 2007. Uh, most of those years averaging around two and a half peaked it in 2002, 2003, uh, 2.9 blocks. I mean, he, he's one of the guys, uh, me and Ben Savage have been playing a lot of 2k lately, uh, friend of the program, Ben Savage and Love ben. Ben's a great guy. I hope he listens to this episode and knows that we're just kidding and we don't like him because he sucks. <laughs> Just kidding. Ben's great. Anyway, um, but me and Ben have been doing this fun game where we randomize uh, all the teams in the NBA, and then you have to do a draft between – so, like, uh, 10, 10 teams, okay? 10 random teams, and then one person gets to uh, pick first on five, and the other person goes second. And then the other five, the other person first picks, and then the other person goes second. And so you get... So you each get 10 teams to pick from? Is that no, what you're saying? 
you each get uh there's 10 teams that you both pick from and you alternate who picks first oh okay and so it's been a very fun deep dive into the best players on every franchise makes sense is this all time or the current yeah, players all time okay, all time okay yes in Kawhi leonard for his versatility and tim duncan have been the two most picked uh san antonio spurs if it's my pick first i take tim duncan every time because he is like you said just such a versatile defender like he's he's great on the perimeter he's insanely long what's his wingspan do you think tim duncan's wingspan um Seven four, uh, seven four. I'm gonna guess. Let's see. Might be even longer than that. I, I googled it. I thought I it was seven foot two. Oh, seven two. Wow. I anticipated it being longer. Yeah. You know who actually has an insane wingspan for his height? Donovan Mitchell. He's six one. He has a six ten wingspan. Wow. It's insane. That's why he can like dunk all the time. That's probably why he's like such a good defender. And I don't know, maybe passer too, because his playmaking has improved significantly. But I just heard that and I was like, what? <laughs> six ten wingspan, six one? That's unheard of. Yeah. That's impressive. Uh any other stat bombs on Duncan? Oh. There's definitely plenty. Oh man. I mean, defensively, he's, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those guys where not a lot of people are going to make the case that he's the best player ever. If someone made that case, I would think they were a hipster, not an idiot. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, that's cute. I disagree. But like, sure, I'm not going to like violently berate you like the guy who said on Twitter that Bam Adebayo is Luke Cornett. I saw that. That was incredibly disrespectful. Oh, I was furious. I was furious. Yeah. That's insanity. Yeah. Like, there's no way this person actually believes that. But I digress. But, like, Duncan, I mean, you really... He's one of those guys where you look at his career statistics, and they're fantastic. 19 points a game, uh, 10.8 rebounds, and... uh, 2.2 block shots per game. That's great. But what we don't, the the thing is like, if you look at the first 10 years of his career, when he was actually in his prime, he is peaking out at 25.5 points per game in a one Oh two. The rebounds, he did a 12.9 in 2002, 2003. And uh, also in that same season, 2.9 blocks, 2.9 2.9 blocks. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And the, the, what that does too is players stop going into the lane. That changes offenses. It's it's called fear factor. It was a fear very factor. Yeah. Absolutely. Popular Coaches show. Will be like, hey, you need to get down and, you know, slice up the D, and the players will go to do that. And then they see Tim Duncan and the play changes. And now all of a sudden there's eight seconds left and your first play is thrown out the window. Now you're screwed. Yeah. And now you're also playing into the Spurs' hand because they like playing slow, or they did during certain stretches of uh, those finals runs. I say yeah. runs because it seemed like they were in a finals run 
all the time. <laughs> it's yeah, sixth in points all time, third in rebounds, first in blocks in the playoffs. Wow, those are all first, playoffs. First, most sticks? blocks all time in the playoffs. Okay, that's something else. Yeah, yeah, he is definitely the greatest tight end, or I'm sorry, tight end, a uh, power forward of all time. Yes, without question. And I, it, he's just so easy to like. I don't know. There's something about him. He's funny. Style. There's that picture of him accepting his uh, Finals MVP trophy, or I think it. Yeah, I think he's a Finals MVP trophy. And he's wearing jorts and like sandals, and it's just like, oh my god, Tim. <laughs> uh, seems like kind of a dork. Yeah, but in a good way. Yeah. Very good way. I wonder if there's Mr. Fundamentals. I'm I'm looking if there's any particular team that he just destroyed. Here's a fun fact. He shot a hundred percent from three against the Clippers on his career. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know how many he actually took. Here's a great quote here about Tim Duncan from the same making the case video by Clayton Crowley. Uh, This is Sam Walker speaking to Pounding the Rock in 2017. Uh, Book's main conclusion is that the only one factor that must be present in order to maintain greatness over a long period of time is the presence of a particular kind of selfless, relentless, independent-minded, publicity-averse, emotionally composed captain with strong communication skills, and that's Tim Duncan. That is just... example of the species. It was poetic. It was beautiful. We're we're Tim Duncan fans here, if you couldn't tell. You know what? He deserves the praise. If you're a fan of basketball, and you are probably, if you're listening to Hoopstradamus, then you are probably a huge fan of Tim. You really just saved the show here. We're off to a really bad start. We had that guy screaming in the microphone about Mario Kart or whatever, and then I hit you with (laughs) pick me a bunch of dodgeball players, <laughs> you know, and now we're back. You've done it. Well, you, you got to be able to adapt, Adam. And uh, you know where I learned this ability to adapt? Ducks. Tough times from exactly from Tim Duncan. Oh, I thought you were going to say the Mallards. Oh, oh, you said ducks. I thought you said. No, no. Yeah, I said I said ducks. And I was like, why did he? No, I was like. I guess I kind of get it. <laughs> no, no, ducks. I, that was my ducks. guess. Ducks was, ducks was up there. You know, I, it was on the tip of my tongue. But let me I tell you a, a brief story. Recently, I had a job interview, and I wore a tie with ducks on it, and I showed it to the Zoom camera, and I said, "You see these? These are ducks." I said, "You want to? You?" I said, "2021 is the year of the duck." It's all about how adaptable are you going to be? And I am adaptable. Ducks, they can be on water. They can be on land. They can be in the sky. Whatever you need. Or are they what? The water is going to go off your back. And I talk about ducks for about three minutes straight. I get the job two and a half weeks in. I realize this isn't going to work for me. No. And so then I, uh, and then I left. And then I shortly came back to Chicago. Now I have a much better job. But the point is, if you're if you have oh, a job in, interview, what that was in Colorado? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! And it's wow. oh, I I could tell you some 
Jeez, we uh, now now I've derailed the show again, uh, but I will do a brief impression of this guy who would talk about because uh, this has been like the my running joke of the week. So we had this guy there and he would like talk to us about what, you know, he would kind of like he was the the president and he would flex on everybody to like, oh, I drive a Mercedes, you know, <laughs> and yeah. so he would he, there were multiple times. Uh, they would like talk about going to Elway's Steakhouse. Like, oh yeah, oh no, he'll take you to Elway's. He'll take you to Elway's, man. It's like, oh yeah, we go to Elway's Steakhouse. We get the shrimp fountain, and we got a we got a few drinks. <laughs> this guy's just trying to entice you with Elway's Steakhouse. You probably had to be there, but yes, <laughs> I, 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 I'm gonna work on a bit with that. I think there's some potential. Maybe like a Saturday Night Live, like reoccurring sketch type character. Maybe that man that really that really screws you up though when you accept the job and anticipate that being a big part of your life for the foreseeable future, and then things just go south. That's not easy to deal with. You know, sometimes, much like Rajon Rondo when he went to the Mavericks a few years ago, you got to quickly be like, "All right, this isn't the situation for me." Yeah. You know, but this team wasn't going to the playoffs. So. Yeah. And, uh, you know, now you're here in Andersonville. I realized we probably possibly could have almost done this in person. Perhaps you're, you're not crazy far from me. I did not think of that. Well, now everyone knows I live in Andersonville. So, <laughs> Oh my God, I'm sorry. It's okay. They don't know what I look like. Well, they probably do. I, I have a YouTube channel. Oh, hey, if, it, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mess with me. All right. I got a katana. I carry it with me at all yeah, times. There you go. Yeah. So fear factor. You're, you're trying to get these blades. Um, anyway, uh, any other big thoughts on some of the Hall of Famers inducted? Um, I remember seeing a story about about KG. Um, from Zach Levine actually was talking about uh, when him and Wiggins were playing in Minnesota with, with Kevin Garnett, he was in a section of their locker room. There's a TV and he was watching gladiator, which he is apparently like obsessed with. Hmm. Um, oh my God. I sent this to my friend. I, don't, I, can't I think I saw this and he was like, this is what it's all about, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. He said, like, yeah, this is what it's all about. Like, this is how we're supposed to play. Referencing Gladiator. And Zach Levine's like, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. And then Wiggins <laughs> is like, I don't even know what this movie is. <laughs> and Garnett was, like, so upset. He's like, we got to get ready for the game. <laughs> it's just so funny that he's just sitting there watching Gladiator. And the, these young kids see him and they're just like, do we approach him? What do we do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I, I just it. pulled it up here so we walk over there he's real into the movie you see this shit right here this is what this shit is about you die for what you believe in you die for your boys this is what this is that mentality we need to have going into the game it's about war it's about going down with your boys I love this shit this shit gives <laughs> me goosebumps that's Kevin Garnett man and he's on my short list of best power forwards of all time. Yeah, man, in his prime. I mean, he would run the floor and everything. He was exceptional at that. It seemed like he had unlimited energy. The most he... sweat produced of any NBA player. It's got to be it. 
yeah actual statistic. <laughs> but it's for real years. he played so fucking hard yeah I, I put in a little e next to the episode so we can say fuck on here uh and i just fucking said it anyway kevin garnett man like you said all-time leader in sweat he had a season in 2003-2004 i believe that was an mvp campaign do you mind fact checking me while i read these other stats 13.9 rebounds per game like the guy was just uh, an unfair beast uh 2.2 blocks per game he was never tim duncan good but he was more fun to watch yeah when he was on it i mean especially when like the mid-range jumper was more popular too he's one of those players where it's like a kevin garnett you take a step off of him that mid-range is in then you have to close in on him then he just i mean there's that icon in 2k bruiser right mm-hmm. where those players suck the energy of whoever's defending them and i always think of kevin Garnett with that because god how brutal must have it been to go up against him i'm sure he bumps you bodies you and you're just going home with bruises and he's so sharp like his he elbows is, yeah. are the pointiest elbows in the history of the game yes yeah, minutes played here, 2002-2003, uh, 40.5 minutes per game. My God. <laughs> uh, Kurt Schroeder, friend of the program, and I have been talking. Uh, we're about to blow the secret right now, but soon we're going to do another dogs draft. But this one's going to be all time. And we were talking about uh, – and, and here's your invitation if you'd like to be in the – well, we already talked about this. You already know this. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so you're already you, you'll have your own team. Uh, so you don't need an invitation. You already got it. But this is your invitation, to the listener. Uh, but yeah, Kevin Garnett's on our short list when Kurt and I were discussing how to uh, work this one out. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk dogs, dude. Kevin Garnett was he played harder than every player on the floor every game of his career. Yeah, I always think back to that Joakim Noah moment where he's like, I think it was his first game going up against uh, against Kevin Garnett, and he tells him how much of a big of a fan he is, and Noah is as competitive as they get too. And then uh, Garnett goes to him, and only thing he says to him is, fuck you, Cho. <laughs> or fuck you, Joakim. It's just like, oh is my God. Is that literally what he said? Fuck you? Yeah, I think he just said to him to fuck off. Oh my God! Noah was just trying to sing his praises briefly. I mean, they're playing a game against. Yeah, each other, I, I, I remember this uh, appreciation briefly. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this one up. Wow. Noah also has an all-time moment that I think is hilarious when he was going up against the Heat. So the Heat or the Cavs? It was the Heat and Bosch and LeBron James or. Uh, Chalmers, a few Heat were arguing with each other, and then Noah is clapping in their face. Yeah, I love that. Oh my god, it's so funny. Jeez, this is uh, here's here's the quote. Here's Noah's calling of the insert incident afterwards. I just wanted to say something to my idol, and he just looked over like, "Yo, who the fuck you talking to?" 
who the fuck do you think you're talking to? <laughs> when he said that, I was like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> and then I kind of fell back. I, I know I shouldn't have said that. Sh- uh, and then when I didn't say anything, I guess he thought I was a pussy because he kept getting louder. And from that moment on, I swear I was going at him every single time we played. We're going at it. Wow. Yeah, honestly, that's that's a pretty good mind game from KG, whether he kind of intended that or not. But he could have possibly forced errors. Joaquin was not the greatest offensive player. Um, not totally horrendous. Like, he was a good passer and everything. But if KG's getting in his head, then Joaquin wants to go at it with him. That tells me that he was trying to score buckets that maybe weren't the best choice offensively for that team. So... There's something to trash talk, man. It forces errors, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's, like, part of the whole dog thing. You know, uh, when th- – that's part of it, you know, like getting in getting in people's head, the mind games. Uh, I just found another one. And it looks like they really had some moments. Uh, here's another story I found and this is from some website I've never heard of, essentially sports.com. Uh, and it's more stories about their rivalry. KG backed him. This is Ray Allen talking. It looks like, yeah. KG backed him down, turned around, pump faked, step aside, and shot the ball from the baseline, Allen said. Next time down the floor, Joakim Noah goes, big fellow, that was a great move. How did you do that? I want you to teach me that. KG was like, man, get off my dick. <laughs> just a psycho remember when he called lala honey nut cheerios and started a a brawl or not a brawl but like that started a fight you don't call another man's wife honey nut cheerios it's it's ridiculous (laughs) how did he even come up with that all-time trash talker very specific cereal time yeah yeah he wasn't like Hey, honey, honey smacks. <laughs> yeah. Let me, uh, now we've, we've said some things that were bad. Then we said some things that were good. And so we're doing good right now. So I'm going to ruin it again. I'm about to piss off so many people listening. Uh, Kobe Bryant overrated. Yeah, I think he's, I mean, he, a he's, legend. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the way people talk about him and seem to kind of completely ignore reality is a little disturbing i mean just that like don't get me wrong he had his 81 point game you know uh he is one of the most gifted if we're doing like an all-time uh dodgeball team is definitely in the conversation too. the body control like i'm not trying to take anything away from him but like you said the way people talk about him is it's it's too much he's he's a top 10 player of all time probably but he's yeah. Not. You can make an argument for putting him a little bit behind that, maybe eleven, twelve. If you yeah. want to include like Oscar or Bill over him, yeah, makes sense. But players yeah. better than Kobe Bryant. I mean, Michael there are Jordan. valid indictments kind of against him. Um, it at best Kobe's four for me, like at best. And all people time? Talk, yeah, it's it no the chance. very, very best. And yeah, I don't, I don't even think that can be argued, to be honest, because he's not over Kareem. Definitely no, he's not, not over definitely, definitely not over Larry. 
and definitely Interesting. not over see, magic or see i feel like something. when you get into larry and magic you can start talking about it yeah maybe i mean i even think hakeem's above him larry Shaq. larry bird even though being in a different era was such a better shooter and yeah. honestly like kobe bryant i mean we all remember the the really smart kobe bryant at the end of his career but like he was known as a ball hog for a lot of his career and didn't yeah, shoot a, I mean, a high percentage at all. He didn't. Yeah, I think, I think one of uh, the things that people talk most about him, obviously, is that like Mamba mentality. Right. Um, he struggled in the clutch. He, he broke down under pressure. Well, a he, lot of he, times. he does have the ma- most game winners of all time. I, I think he definitely was a good clutch player. Like early in his career, he not so much. He had the. Not particularly. Numbers wise, I mean, this is another thing where it's like, the numbers don't tell the full story, but if Kobe's got the ball in his hands at the end of the game, honestly, I don't feel terrible about that. If I'm a, if I'm the opponent, he, he, he didn't take the smartest of shots. No, I'm he okay took a lot of the ball shots. He had his clutch moments for sure, but like he did, yeah, he did make some, but he missed plenty. Oh yeah, and he's um, mode. He's made the most of all time, but. I mean, still, I don't want to. I don't want to brag on too too much. We're still talking about one of the greatest players of all. Time. Yeah, well, see if you can find uh, some numbers on that. Uh, Larry Bird, higher three point percentage. You know what? I'll give you Larry over Kobe. Uh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Larry, twenty four points per game, uh, ten rebounds, six assists, one point seven steals, thirty seven point six uh, from three, and then the uh, field goal percentage in on his career. Who, another guy who took some really difficult shots. Uh, 49-6. Kobe Bryant, 44-7. Like, th- this guy never once shot 50% from the field in his career. Yeah, and Larry, I mean, God. Larry did Larry that for insane. about half of his career. He did there is that some revisionist one, history two, on him. Three, because... four, five, five different times. Larry took a team with 29 wins the year before he got there uh, to 61 wins as a rookie, finished That's top insane. three in MVP voting for a decade, was nine-time All-NBA first team, nine straight, which is really impressive, and is one of the only players in NBA history to win three straight MVPs along with Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell. Wow. Wow. Um, Those are some names. 86 to 87, 28.1, 9 and 8 on 52, 40, 91 splits. 87 to 88, 29.9, 9 and 6 on 52, 41, and 92 splits. So double 50, 40, 90 seasons back to back. And, and that's when like the 50, 40, 90 season didn't exist because Larry yeah, Bird has Yeah. <laughs> and then Larry did it and they're like, what the fuck did he just do? Wait, run it. What were those numbers? Yeah, Larry, top three, top three of MVP voting, which is insane. Nine straight seasons. That's unreal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and Kobe got one. Larry's got three. Yeah, I'll give you Larry over him. And so, like, yeah, I'm going Jordan, Kareem, LeBron, Larry, Magic. Magic, yeah. Maybe. Magic for sure. Kobe, Kobe was such a good scorer. Like, don't get me wrong. And he, he won yeah. his rings and everything. But uh, the thing is, like, we don't talk about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kendall Gill came on this episode 
and said that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was the best player in NBA history. Or I'm sorry, in the history of basketball. He said that the best NBA player of all time was Mike, right? But, like, we don't talk about Kareem enough. Yeah, the history of basketball, that's another – and that's something that that guy Clayton Crawley mentions in his making the case for Kareem because Kareem's college career was just so insane. He changed the rules of college basketball. They had to because he was too good. I mean, he was so limber, you know? And he also mentions the other intangibles of what was going on during the time of, of Kareem. Like he was constantly bombarded with uh, insane media stuff. I mean, the racism obviously was highly prevalent back then, but also his switch um, when he uh, switched to, to being a Muslim and changed his name, mm-hmm. obviously things like that all ramped up the media attention to him and he was someone who was very reserved he didn't want to deal with all that stuff so that was a big thorn in his side and he still played his mind out regardless yeah. of all of that so yeah kareem definitely is yeah top four 100 and all top three a very 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 strong case i mean all, wilt is just such a bizarre outlier that he's wilt i would put it above kobe yeah because wilt was Wilt was also just an insane athlete. I mean, there's videos of him running down the court and he's so fast. Yeah. It's horrifying. Well, he's like Giannis. Yeah. He had a 48 inch vertical. He was seven foot one. He was outlifting. I mean, they they interviewed like Arnold Schwarzenegger because he did that movie with them, Conan. And Arnold Schwarzenegger is like, he he outlifted me like easily. (laughs) Which is like, this is a Mr. Olympia. Yeah, this is the freakiest freaky freak of all freaks. Wilton yeah. Norman Chamberlain. Five rebounds. I mean, how that's unbreakable. That was his record for in a game. Yeah, that's like 55 rebounds. I feel like the what Bulls the don't even average I wonder if the Bulls even average that in in a in the season 55 rebounds a game. A few years ago when I saw Zebo get like a 24 rebound game, I was like that is unbelievable. 55 is more than double that. That's crazy. Let's see. Yeah, the Bulls averaged 45 rebounds this year per game. So they didn't even average the wilt. Yeah. I'll I'll look up which NBA team led the league in rebounds. and Probably not even, you know, like 55. Now, people were missing more shots then. But still, <laughs> More, you know, so there, I found this thing on clutch shooting stats. Um, and once again, numbers are not totally gospel. They are true numbers. Well, um, as uh, Ed or uh, Samuel Clemens once said, yeah, the Jazz lead the league with 48.3. Samuel Clemens said there's lies, damned lies, and then there's statistics. Yes. Mark this person defined yeah. clutch shooting as shots that occurred in the last five minutes of the fourth quarter or OT. Shots that occurred in the last five minutes of fourth quarter OT with a game score margin of six points or less. Uh, six points because that's a threshold of a game being within two possessions. This is for basketball references shot finder. Shot data was only available from 96 to 97 seasons. So this is dating back to 96. No free throw numbers are available using this tool. Um, Threshold players selected has to have at at least 300 regular season attempts. 
of shots in the five minutes of fourth quarter or OT. Game score margin, six points or less. Number one <laughs> of all time, or I guess of uh, going back to 96, Jewel. Dwight Howard. What? I guess just because of in, inside scoring with the Magic, he was just so dominant. Hmm. 200 field goals made out of 304 field goal attempts. So he That's does incredible. have not many field goal attempts. He shot 65.8%. Shot two threes, two, did not make one. Shaq made one the other day. Two. Okay. So that's a little skewed because they are centers, but yeah, yeah. I mean, if Is you there... want someone to score for you. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to see diesel. effective field goal percentage on that. Um, 56.7%. Okay. EFG. Is that what that is? Yeah. Okay. 56.7% for Shaq. He's number two. Yao Ming, number three. Giannis, number four. Ooh, interesting. Uh, with 340 attempts. But here's a big one. Steve Nash, number five, with 920 attempts. Okay, yeah. He so Way he's more attempts than the three above him. And he's a guard. And so he's stupid clutch. So he shot 52.7%. That's from his three and from uh, two-point field goal. So it doesn't include free throws, which he's cash on. So you can make the argument that Steve Nash is the most clutch player of the past 25 years. I believe you. Steph Curry, number seven. Um, this bypasses Anthony Davis, who is number six. Uh, but Curry has 685 attempts from two, 348 attempts from three. So Steph, very clutch. 52.3% from the clutch uh, effective field goal percentage. Wow. Let's see where Kobe is on this list. Yeah, that this is the moment of truth. It's number 68. He does number have a lot 68. of attempts. He okay. has 1825 attempts. And the uh, most game winners. Four, 480 from three. He shot 43%. That's not atrocious. Uh, but it isn't great. It, it's not as good as he celebrated. Yeah, not as good as he celebrated. I think that's a good way to put it. Um, you see constantly things of like whenever they show Kobe and Sometimes it can be a bit too much with their uh, the media's attention to him. I mean, obviously yeah. he's a legend, but sometimes it's just like overwhelming. I saw a page post like the 20 year anniversary or whatever anniversary it was of him and his wife's wedding photos, and they show they were showing like his wedding photos, and I was like, this is a little much. Like we can celebrate him; that's perfectly fine. Like show the anniversary of the 81 point game; that's fair. His wedding photos, it's like, this is insane obsession. People calling him top five. No, that's too much. But yeah. still very much glad that he's in the hall. I loved him post-career. I think Kobe post-career, that was a massive loss. You could tell the impact that he had on so many different players. It seemed like just about everybody loved seeing him. Um, and details, I love series like that. Breakdowns of basketball. Oh, uh, yeah. That's why I sent you that Drew Holiday video because he breaks down his defensive awareness. I love seeing stuff like that. And I think Kobe's a really good person uh, to have doing that because he has such a great mind for the game. Yeah, truly. Uh, yeah, we're, we're not trying to take anything away from him. But uh, honestly, like, 
I think Dwayne Wade, you could make a case for being a better uh, shooting guard all time. Maybe. <laughs> In his peak? At their peaks? Dwayne Wade, man, he was just, I mean, like, he was, uh, he just felt more efficient to me. Like, that's an eye test thing. Yeah, Straight I mean, up. Dwayne was, he just wasn't good from shooting from the outside. But no. yeah, his speed, I think when he first came out in the league, he was very difficult to adapt to because he was just so damn So good. fast. And he uh, was, I feel like Kobe <clears throat> became a better defender, but Dwayne Wade came in a better defender. And yeah. Wade, like, he was the best player on a championship team at, what, 23, 24? Yeah, which was unreal. Yeah, I mean, I guess in Kobe, well, Kobe played with Shaq. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the bigger. Kobe was also things, awesome also right a, at the beginning. A strength of his, too, is that people I don't think talked about enough is his interior passing was very good. Um, that being said, he probably learned that from getting to play with Phil Jackson and yeah. just an absolute monster in Shaq. I mean, I was talking about it with with friends because I looked it up uh, about the those Detroit Pistons series where yeah, that Shaq was had to infamous. go up against Ben Wallace. Uh, this came up because Wallace got into the Hall of Fame and mm-hmm. Rashid. And those Pistons teams were insane defensively. Yeah. The Lakers scored 68 points in game three. That's, That's crazy. Yeah, Phil Jackson, they had Gary Payton and Karl Malone on that team. Yeah, and Kobe and Shaq. Not they to mention the great Slava Medvedenko. Uh, in one in game one against Ben and Rashid down low, both great defenders. Ben obviously, Ben Wallace, one of the greatest interior ever, defenders of yeah. all time. Shaq put up thirty six. And and I got to be fair, an eleven on eighty one percent shooting. What that's, the? Yeah, that's fuck? insanity. Oh my and, and god! I, I would say Kobe. I, I got to say, just say Kobe is better than Wade on my list. Yes. But it yeah, like, like Kobe's not like... not not necessarily top five for me, but some people have him number one, and I think that's ridiculous. Tim Duncan I think top five is ridiculous. That's fair I mean, enough. He made it to all those finals, and so, like... so what is he on your list before we move on uh, to some other basketball talk here? We'll wrap 10 or up. Eleven. So um, that name, name the players you, you have better than him. Uh, Michael, LeBron, Kareem. Wilt, Magic, Larry, Shaq, Hakeem. Did um, you say Duncan yet? Duncan. Yeah, so that that's eight. And I don't have an issue with a single one. That's eight so far, right? Yeah. Uh, I think you can make an argument for Bill Russell. Yeah. Uh, that's a that, – it's tough because the game is, has changed so much. Right. But Bill, I mean, some of Bill's numbers are insane. He so won 11 championships. Um, and then if you see highlights of him, he doesn't look particularly good. But based on above his peers, the old Mr. Triple Double, Big O, I mean, that's what he was doing out there was like unprecedented. I mean, it seemed like he scored in the most creative ways and was all over the place. So I think you can make an argument for Oscar Robertson over him. I, um, I think I got him at like nine. a 50-50, though. If someone puts Kobe over him, that makes sense, too. Yeah, I think I think he's my number nine after hearing those guys. Yeah, I mean, a great indicator is 
Uh, I, I've always been a fan of player efficiency rating. Yes. And I bet he's nowhere near the top. Yeah, this, your number one overall is Jordan, mm-hmm. 27.9. Number two is LeBron James, 27.4. Three, Anthony Davis, 27.1. Four is Shaq, 26.4. Anthony Davis, my God. Kobe's nowhere near the top of this. Like, nowhere. Hassan Whiteside is, which is just alarming. But I don't understand that, but I'm not going to. I think you put it perfectly that he's he's a little too highly celebrated, I think. Yeah. uh, like he's unbelievable. Yeah, Dwayne oh, Wade would, higher it, player and efficiency this went back rating. To, uh, when I was watching stuff as a kid, they would compare him to LeBron. I used to get in so many arguments with people, Kobe or LeBron. I'm like, are you guys watching this? Like, I feel like I'm going insane, and you're not seeing what LeBron's doing with this Cavs team. He's playing with like the corpse of like. I mean, what was that team he brought to the finals? It's like as good as Kobe is, he would never be able to drag a team like this to the finals. Oh my God. I, I he, saved it somewhere. Was that like got, Larry Hughes? Yeah. Zerudis Olgauskas, uh, Daniel Gibson. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. This team is not good. And Sasha Pavlovic. So it's just stuff where I don't want to take things away from him. Obviously an insane competitor and a legend in his own right, but you Putting him above certain players is just straight up disrespectful. Yeah, and like all due respect for his approach to the game and uh, one of the greatest scorers of all time, overrated on how efficiently he could score the ball. And you, you uh, look at like the comments and the way they'd compare him to LeBron, they would show their points per game and their championships. And I'm like, this doesn't compare the players at all. I mean, it's look- just like the media was trying to create a narrative that he was better. And I was like, what the hell? I'm like, am I going crazy here? This is such a bad comparison. Well, it just doesn't make sense to, I don't know, man. I mean, like what was that record in 05, 06 when he averages 35 points per game? Like they weren't good. Yeah. Like, sure. He was, he was great, but it didn't lead to, I don't know. Like you said, he wasn't dragging a team like LeBron did. Yeah, he was. And, and LeBron makes players around him better. And yeah. Kobe got there. Like, Kobe really turned into a really good playmaker. But LeBron came into the league and played point guard. They both came out of high Basically. school. Yeah. Like, LeBron came in an elite passer. Uh, yeah. LeBron has consistently made players around him better. Uh, Kobe Bryant's a poor man's Michael Jordan. And when you're a poor man's Michael Jordan, you're pretty fucking good. Like, that's not a yeah. slight. But if you think like in the people who say Kobe's better than Jordan, like you need to go ride a hot air, air balloon to space. Yeah, that's absolutely just, insane. At that yeah. point I get up and I'm like, I'm never discussing basketball with you again. Yeah. Like, okay, buddy. Okay. Boomer is the young people would say, <laughs> but it, it, the, you would say, okay, Gen Z or something. I don't know. What's the, what's the youngest generation? Is it Gen Z? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I would guess, right? Who, who knows, man? Showing my age here where I'm not totally certain about that myself. Yeah, they're going to come up with another one. It's going to be Gen 12. I don't know. Gen PG-13. Gen Paul George. I don't know. 
I, I don't also know. remember seeing a thing from I think it was a an Instagram post from Sports Center where it said game uh, players that influenced the game, like top five players that like influenced. The and, game. and that's a big thing for me, especially like who influenced the game. That has so much to do with how and I. They had like my AI notes. up there, which made sense to me. I think Steph was up there. That made sense with all the three yeah. point shooting. Oh, Steph is ahead of Kobe for me, and it's not close. And they had Kobe up there as like number five, and I was like, he's a great player, but he didn't really do anything that different with the game he was a, he was the best iso scorer but i mean like i don't know i'm like that's just you put him up there just to put him up there it didn't make sense and there's a lot of super some comments where they're like kobe's great but that doesn't make sense Why yeah is he there so steph curry better like than that. wade right i'm sorry steph curry better than wade yeah steph, not- i mean steph he's possibly the best off ball player of all time and one of the best on ball. Yeah, I mean, he's you the have best to have shooter ever. At all times, and even if you are in his face, it still might not matter. Yeah, I, I would be willing to bet Steph's. I'm going to pull up his effective field goal percentage versus Kobe's. Kobe's okay. effective field goal. I don't know percentage. if you follow this account on Twitter. I think you absolutely should. If you don't, I'm good lord, you. is it Stat Muse? Oh yeah, I do. I I am. That's oh where I pull all my stats. I'm, I have their tab open right now. This is insane. So Kobe Bryant's effective field goal percentage on his career, a uh, forty-eight point two. Steph Curry's fifty-eight point three. Like you're you're on a different planet at that point. Yeah. And because you know a lot of people, they probably straight up stopped listening to this episode. Like, I, I'm serious. Possibly. I think a lot of people, the second we started talking about Kobe and saying something that they didn't want to hear, they got really upset. Like, I'm not here to p- please people. I'm here to share my opinion. Yes. Like, and that that's my opinion. I'd be a little open-minded. Yeah. So, so Steph's 2020 to 2021 season. This is from Stat News, our pal, great Twitter follow for all basketball fans. Any, or just sports in general. Sports in general. Yeah. 32 points per game, won the scoring title. Feel bad for Brad Beal. <laughs> uh, oldest to win scoring title since MJ. 38 30 point games, the most since MJ. 337 threes. Fourth 303 point, se- uh, fourth 303 season, most ever. Who, who is this, Steph? Steph. Seven 10 three point games. 5.3 three points per game. Five, yeah, 5.3 threes a game. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah. Considering most players were not even taking that many a few years ago. And he broke the Warriors all-time scoring record. This is an insane splits, by the way. Warriors offense this season with Steph on the floor, 10th in Wait, the league. Who, who, had, who broke the Warriors all-time scoring record? Steph did. Wouldn't that belong to Wilt Chamberlain with 100? Guess not. He, no, I all thought time he was on scoring the... record, as in like. Oh right, okay, okay, not like okay, points not points in the game. game. Okay, yeah, he did not have a hundred point game. People would like, be did losing I miss something? their f in mind. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Steph on the floor for the Warriors this season, tenth offense in the league. Steph off, worst in the last five years. So his impact and gravity is unreal, but yeah. still. 
not close to Jokic. So we got we got Kobe at yeah, and that that's a good transition. So we got Kobe at ten. Moving on, uh, everyone's pissed. Everyone stopped listening. Everyone's furious, fuming. Uh, might might even get some bad reviews, but it's okay because the most recent reviews have been hilarious. Uh, someone recently called us orgasmic. That was really a, a flattering comment. We appreciate that. Orgasmic. Okay. Uh, anyway. Uh, you did want to talk about, and we we've done a really long one, but I'm I'm happy about it. I think it's it's been a marvelous episode uh, so far. I've had a lot of fun, to say the least. But let's let's get to some of the uh, rest of the things we have on the rundown. Um, Jokic, MVP, not close. Historically great season. Yes, maybe not close is not totally the right terminology, but I do think he should win in a landslide, nearly. Um, unanimous because he's been sensational pretty much the entire year has not missed a game Um, there's a statistic that he did something that only Wilt has ever done with the amount of points rebounds and assists I think he had over 300 for like three straight months um, of points rebounds and assists does that sound right it's probably more than that. Oh, I'm not going to be able to find that stat. I probably should have had it. That's very specific. Before, but whenever you do something that only Wilt has ever done <laughs> as a five, especially now, yeah, that's unreal. And Jokic has been pretty consistent the entire season. I mean, he faced Rudy Gobert, who we mentioned earlier with those insane defensive metrics, dropped 45 on him one game, dropped 37. Just such an unorthodox playing style. When you can pass that well at the five, Nuggets currently up there. I think they're a three seed. Once Jamal Murray went down, I think people anticipated them to slide, but players that win MVPs keep those teams afloat. And Jokic is this year's MVP. There's there's no question about it. Yeah, right now, so it's fallen off because at one point he was actually number one of all time. But he's having the tenth season all time in terms of player efficiency rating. So when Nick Wright said that he'd be the worst MVP in thirty years or whatever, like at that point you're you're, you're kind of a jerk. Like I I don't know what you're I don't know maybe maybe like that's literally making it me taking it personally. But the, the reason I use the word jerk is because I didn't use I didn't want to use the word. I don't want to slander someone. That's not my that brand. That sounds like a personal bias almost. It's insane to me. It's so crazy wrong. So obviously wrong. If like you he's... follow basketball, even just glance at the numbers. That's There's so never been a center who's done this ever. Yeah. Like he's having a, a season that the NBA is never going to be the same again. Like he's having a season that is comparable to – you know, Wilt Chamberlain, when they have to expand the, the lane, Michael Jordan, uh, 87, 88, which is number four on that list. Then uh, Michael Jordan, 90, 91 and number six on that list. You know, the only players who were ahead of him in the most efficient season of all time was actually uh, Giannis last year. Incredibly. Uh, 31, eight, six. Yeah. But the players yeah, ahead of that. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's really good. And he's probably better than Kobe. <laughs> he has to win some rings first. But, like, if he wins three or two, like, come on. But anyway. Honest, uh, maybe I can 
I, I can see an argument for Ke- uh, KD just because he's okay. absolutely ridiculous score. I mean, what do you yeah. do? What do you do? So Giannis, Wilt, Jordan, LeBron, and Curry are the only players who have had more efficient seasons than Jokic's the season this year. So God tier, man. I'm all I'm honestly I'm I'm almost uh <laughs> supporting it. Sometimes it feels like a, a bit too much. I'm like so defensive. I, I see all these things, people saying like Steph MVP. It legitimately made me mad to see LeBron say he thinks Steph should be the MVP. I'm like, dude, that's just full of shit. What are these people talking about? Jokic is just not getting the respect he deserves at all. No, and it's it's egregious. 26.4 points per game, 10.8 rebounds, 8.3 assists. He's shooting friggin', uh, well, his numbers went down. He's shooting 42, but wound up shooting 38.8 from three. Like, give. there's never been another player in the history of basketball that is a center that you could make a case for being the best passer in the league. Not just like, oh, that guy's a really good passer, for a big man like Vladi Deva or uh, Arvita Sabonis. No, Jokic. He is. Like you can make a legitimate case that he's the best passer in the, in the world. Like the, the players you think like might maybe better passers. Uh, Draymond Green has insane numbers as far as like passes leading to points. Uh, but Jokic is a better natural all-around passer, you know. And just more threatening in general because of his scoring ability. But... Yeah, you have to guard him so differently, and that makes people open. I uh, talk about kind of that stuff thing going on too, where like he kind of is the system over there in Denver. I mean, things just run through him. Yeah, and he's so reliable because a lot of the time he doesn't look to have that basket for himself, but you can tell when. Uh, just from watching the Nuggets, when they really need a basket and their play just kind of didn't pan out the way they wanted it to, they throw it in the Jokic, and then these jumpers that he's doing off of, like, one foot with usually multiple people in his face, he'll just, like, bury him. He'll just swish him. And so when the opposing team thinks they have a stop, all of a sudden, Jokic has this, like, ridiculous jumper, and the crowd loses their minds, and, uh I don't know, man. He's just so much fun to watch. I mean, he's so un- unorthodox. Nobody knows what he's going to do when he's got the ball in his hands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> his defensive numbers, too. I remember seeing a tweet of people arguing. It was at the time of him and Embiid. People were trying to argue between those two. He actually had some very good defensive numbers. I think people don't realize how good of a defender Jokic is. They, they he's turned into a really good one. A little slower that he's maybe not the greatest defender. He had pretty good defensive metrics this season. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where I don't know. I feel like people he he wasn't a good defender for a long time. And so people yeah, that was just part of his jump. It's just that, that that stuck with his reputation, but it's not, it's just not fair. Cause that's that's not true. Twelfth in points, ninth in rebounds, sixth in assists, first in player efficiency. Historically good numbers. Goodness. Like yeah. 
I don't know, man. It really does blow my mind. Uh, 26.2 assist percentage this year. 64.7 true shooting. Is it on his passes? What does that assist percentage pertain to? Uh, that, I believe, would be... Let's see. Here's the actual... Uh, oh, that's the assist ratio. Okay, okay, this is... so many advanced metrics. Yeah, the percentage of a team's possessions that end in an assist assist ratio. So it's assist times 100 divided by field goal attempts plus free throws times 0.0.44 plus assists plus turnovers. Okay. I... I'm not sure, Grant. I'm not sure what that means. Jokic in April. So I finally found that stat that I was trying to reference at the beginning of our Jokic talk. Jokic in April, 389 points, 165 rebounds, and 141 assists. He is the second center in NBA history to record at least 300 points, 100 rebounds, and 100 assists in four straight months. So I thought it was three months. It's actually four straight months that he did that. Wilt Chamberlain Incredible. is the last player that did that. Oh, by the way, he did not miss a single game. <laughs> so That's he did good. this while playing full Iron minutes every yeah. game. <laughs> yeah. What the heck? That's yeah. crazy. Get out of here with your nonsense of anybody else. Anyone else. There for is real. no MVP discussion. There hasn't been an MVP discussion for the past few months. He ran away with it. The MVP discussion is... What else will Jokic do to divide himself from the rest of the crowd? That yeah. is the MVP discussion. It's there over. There is no other player yeah. that's been in consideration for that award this year. So uh, I think a, a good way to wrap this one up is we go uh, for a very long episode, about an hour and a half, real long yeah. one. Talking uh, basketball, man. It, it's it's a time bowl, you know. Season, big Hall of Fame inductions. Yeah. I went to the aquarium today. I'm all jazzed up from being at the aquarium. Oh, fun stuff. It was a great time. Yeah, I like the shot. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, honestly super, super fun. The architecture of that place is unbelievable. The design of that place. Yeah, Chicago goes hard on the architecture with, with everything. Museum, campus. I mean, look at the field. The place is immense. Yeah, the, the next plan is go to the field museum. Got to go to ancient Egypt. Well, let me know when you do so, because I've been volunteering there for a long time. So I might be able to hook you up with some free tickets. We had go back there. Okay. We had free tickets to the shed today. That'd be huge for the program. Yes. I'm uncertain how that is because field has been very, very, very conscious of COVID and the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Rightfully so, but we can reconnect and hopefully I'll get you Get you into the field. Those that are listening, uh, come to Chicago and go to the museums. Very, very good museums. I'm sure that's not something I have to tell people, but you hear Adam. They're they're a good time. They're a great time. Best city in the world. And, uh, you know, Illinois is number three in our listenership. Seattle is uh, 19% of our listenership. Unstoppable. Seattle. Not, just, not Washington, but specifically Seattle. 
supersonics. We're, we're listened to in a lot of states, not every state, but a lot of states. Sounds like you'll have to get some uh, Seattle Kraken talk on here. Oh, brand new NHL franchise. We, That's we, always exciting. Those expansion teams. We we can get them uh, in somehow in the full court trap. I don't know. Yeah, there you Put go. Put them in some trivia questions. Great team name. Uh, anyway, so let's talk about a couple of predictions briefly. We have the play-in coming up. Uh, what's going to happen? We got the the Hornets and the Pacers. We got the Wizards and the Bucks. What do you? Or, I'm sorry, Wizards and the Celtics. What do you think? Man. <laughs> then in the West, we got uh, Spurs, Grizzlies, and uh, Warriors, Lakers. Um, I mean, I'm partial Lakers with a healthy LeBron and AD. I don't think I have to explain myself there. I mean, right. Steph is on the other side, but LeBron and AD, that team won the championship last season. Yeah. Um, and and then, that's two and three all time in player efficiency. Yeah. So that's going to be tough. To They're stop. efficient. Honestly, Hornets and Pacers is going to be a fun game to watch just because I have no idea what's going to happen there. I, I, I'm kind of leaning toward Hornets. Oh, oh, okay. I was kind of leaning Pacers just because Sabonis closed his season out in such a big way. People, yeah. That's another player people never talk about, but man, did he have an insane main. He might be so the most un- kind of the underrated player in the NBA because like, he's superstar good. Yeah. No one talks about him as a superstar. He was a triple-double machine practically at the end of the season. So I think that's a big X factor there. Where Who's defending him on, on Charlotte? P.J. Washington or McDaniels? Yeah, you're going to put so. Zeller out there on him? Get out of here. Yeah, that's going to be a problem. But the Hornets play fast-paced. I don't know. Yeah, don't know. maybe. I think it has more to do because, like, the Pacers are the better team. Uh, but I just think. You, Adam, I, I, I hear some buzzing here. No, oh, that's you're frozen. Frozen on my screen. It says oh. your network bandwidth is low. <laughs> oh, that's that's unfortunate. Uh, we should we should start rack, wrapping it up here. Then I'm I'm seeing myself just fine. Are you hearing me now? Yes, I'm hearing you. That's now. great. All right, final, horrible final Hor- thoughts on great on radio. Who you got? Let's do it. Who you got? Uh, you know what? Uh, you changed my mind. I'm going Pacers just because they do have better players. I'm going going with the better players. In, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sabonis, but best player on the best team. We're both on the Pacers. All right. And then yeah. uh, Lakers and Warriors. Lakers. Yeah. I think that one needs not much explanation. Um, I, I will be pulling for the Warriors. Coach, but so is Vogel. Sorry, LeBron and AD. Lakers should should win that. Should win that, honestly, pretty easily. Yeah. Now, I am going uh, Washington Wizards upset the Celtics. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I'm not even sure if that's too much of an upset. <laughs> the the Wizards are trending up. The Celtics are trending down. The Wizards yeah. cannot be stopped, like, or at least scoring the basketball. They're Beal stupid. Is healthy, I mean, I know he was out with an injury. though. He's back. Yeah. yeah. They should be fine. And yeah. No Jalen Brown. Get out of here. Uh, Spurs Grizzlies. I'm actually going Spurs here. Yeah. You know, I'm not positive on this game at all. I, 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 Find it hard to lean either way. Um, man, you could definitely make an argument for both. I'll go. I will go. I'll go Grizzlies just because. I mean, they do have Jaron Jackson back healthy. Um, this is more talented of the two teams. Look, look more into it and be like. I'm going experience. Experience, yeah. Yeah.
the population. Yeah. Yeah, I'm siding with the other side for no particular reason. I don't know. Put my chips on balance sheet. It's photo conference and, and Coach Pop. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, as always, big shout out to uh, our guy Evan Buttress who made our logo. If you want to check him out, the Wax Cowboy on Instagram. DMs are open. Uh, Grant, we'll, we'll have to get you on again soon. Uh, appreciate you bringing the stat bombs. It was 